What's up? Thanks for tuning in to Digital Digital Get Down. Live from the World Series in a baseball hangover. It's like that Michael Scott thing where he just plays the clip over and over. That's not the actual song. That's just a clip on YouTube. That's all you have of it? That's all I got. That's all that, that our legal department cleared? You know that office one when he just, Goodbye, my lover. Yeah. And he just like does the, yeah. Um, this is episode 59. Um, sure. 59. We're not alive at the World Series, but we did watch way too many hours of World Series baseball. There was a lot, a lot of weekend baseball. The whole weekend, basically, including a very ill-advised 2.30 a.m. Central time. Yeah. Central time. Uh, thanks to the 19-inning game. 18, but our 19. team... 18. Two full games it was. You were drunk. Innings. You were drunk by then, honey. You're wrong. No, I'm right. You're wrong. Um, so what do we need to recap in terms of the World Series? I mean, we have to argue about Evaldi. Like I've been holding it in yeah. because you told me that we. I have a bit. I have a few hot takes. It. I have a few hot takes. Uh, are they all about Evaldi? No. My first hot take is that people are unequivocally saying that this is the greatest Red Sox team in history, and they're using that adjective. Eighteen. You're right. Sorry, I thought it was nineteen. No, it's okay. I forgive you. The Berenstein Bears situation. Um, I get it that it was the most successful team. They numerically won the most games. Would you not say that the Patriots' best team ever was the year that they were undefeated? <laughs> You're proving my point, right? They lost the Super Bowl. I know you've blocked that out, but... I have not blocked it out. Um, 2004 is the greatest Red Sox team ever because of what they did. I don't care how many games it took. I disagree. You disagree? I disagree. Huh. But you don't have any counter-argument? I... I, I, First of all, okay. I don't disagree and I don't agree. Mm. I don't believe in the best in history. Because it's impossible to compare different eras. I don't think you can be like, no, the 1926 Red Sox team, that was the year. Like, the game has changed so much. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair to compare. Like, at school... Uh, um, at school lunch recently, what am I trying to say? At lunch at school recently, yeah. uh, some of the staff were arguing about Jordan versus LeBron. Right. Once again, you can't compare. Yeah. The game 40 years later is so different. Yes, but this is what sports radio does. They make up these debates just to yes, kill airtime. you know airtime. how I feel about sports radio. Yeah, so why did, why did anyone have to put an adjective on it? It was an incredible season. You don't have to compare it to other years. The 2004 season meant more than this one did. See, like, emotionally it meant more, but I think it's easy to say that this was the best Red Sox team ever because they had the best record ever. And I think the rest of the National League, for sure, and most of the American League, was shit this year. So that's always my argument in baseball is that you talk about hitting stats and you talk about pitching stats, but those are not independent activities. You're always hitting against someone or pitching against someone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I have been telling all the kids at school that the Red Sox have the best team in baseball this year, proven by the numbers. That's very fair to say. And I think that's, yeah. That's and it played out in the playoffs like it should have. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. All the kids were like, the Red Sox aren't that good. I'm like, no, but actually they are. Yes. Like, it's a fact that they had the, they were the best finished team in baseball. Right. And then they won the World Series. Yeah, so. but beating the Astros was the bigger test for me. I was thrilled when they won that series. I thought for sure the World Series would be a sweep I was pretty confident about. 
But the Dodgers put a little scare into them, mostly due to the Red Sox losing some poor management their bats decisions. for a bit. And some poor Are management decisions. No one on questions that. Alex Cora. Just in that one game. He, I game think, three. came out, yeah, he came out a bit too aggressive, trying to maybe be like the Dodgers, switching up mm. a lot of people, or just be a little bit aggressive and have a lot of pinch hitting and switching around. Mm-hmm. And then that bit him in the ass because then he, had, he ran out of players and they had a, the longest World Series game ever. Um, so, yeah, we can get into that game a bit. Um, but, I mean, the Red Sox were in a little bit of danger because they lost game three. They but were they behind. In game four, that would have tied the series up. They had a hitting slump. Oh, you're right. I didn't I didn't agree with Cora's eagerness, like desperation to win game three, because you were up to zip. You could have saved uh, Evaldi for a start, and you needed to win two more games. You still could have won it in five, like you did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my first confusion with the I Evaldi think, decision. I think at that point, you're just in too deep. Like, you bet too much of your chips That's, at that point. But... But Ivaldi was one huge chip, and you either had him for a start in Game Four, or you put him in the tenth inning. What's in the game... other option? You forfeit and have no. Pitcher? You put played Pomeranz, and you would have lost in the twelfth instead of the eighteenth. I guess, but then what's that going to do, confidence wise, for the team? Okay, so another adjective they threw around was Ivaldi's six innings was the great one of the greatest sports showings of all time. We started to argue about this. You give your piece and I'll tell you why you're wrong. It was amazing. It was gutsy. I'm sure it was painful. It took courage. But he had pitched two innings. He had pitched in the other two games, sure, but they were two innings. And he was lined up for a start on Saturday. And you... Sorry, continue. He So they essentially moved up his start. No. To 10 p.m. No, on no, Friday. No, no, no. You're... You, are you done? Sure, you're rocking all around. Your so error look. here and your way of thinking mm. is assuming that a sudden death situation in extra innings is equivalent mentally and physically to a regular start. And a regular start, even in the playoffs. I was say, in the World Series, everything Even matters. in the playoffs. Even in the World Series. In a regular start, you have one bad pitch that ends up with a home run or... Uh, you know, a, a walk that leads to an error that yeah. leads to a run or something. And you, you have time in the next inning for your hitters to overcome that and to come back from that. Yeah. When you are the away team in extra innings, tough position. every single pitch matters. He could not let go of one bad pitch, one pitch he wasn't 100% sure about, because that could end the game and it would be his fault. Yeah. I mean, if they had... So the mental strain, I think, is what you're... I don't think... First of all, starting versus relieving is a very different feeling. Yeah. Uh, It is. Who has been a pitcher and who hasn't? Let me clarify my face that I'm making. Yes, it is. But he had been doing relief appearances on multiple occasions, and he started a clean inning. So I know I'm being a little bit cheeky when I say that they just moved up his start, and he started inning 10 or whatever it was with a fresh slate. But... (laughs) You know, if they had won the game, I think I would have been totally on board with the, wow, that was just stunning. But they lost. But he's pitching, like, 
one pitch at a time, one inning at a time, because it could be his last inning. He has to give everything he's got every inning because that could be the last inning. There's no pacing yourself mm-hmm. when it's extra innings in the so World So you're series. basing all of the amazement around the scenario he was in, not yes. the fact that he had been overused in the playoffs. Correct. Okay, because I was hearing some people being like, oh, wow, he's pitched in the first three games. He's a starter. No, you baby these guys all year long because if they get to pitch 100, you go... That's mathematically, bio- biologically, that's... And when the it's o- the second inning, you're yeah. like, mm, they've got two hits off of them. I'm just going to take them out and put a middle reliever in in the second fucking inning. We saw that all yeah. the time. But right, if you've babied them all year long, the World Series is the time to test these guys' arms and say, can he bounce back or can he I, not? I, especially as a softball player whose arms don't get as tired uh, or as like physically injured Tell them how many games you'd pitch in a day. Tell them. Like five. Five games. That's probably exaggerating. Four, four innings four. each, yeah. Six and in- seven innings each. Okay. Um, I yeah, I, I'm not saying. Oh my gosh, he pitched one inning one night and one inning right. the next night because it's like, man, they throw that many practice pitches anyway, and obviously they're throwing harder, and it's more of a mental strain and whatever. But like, I'm not saying like, oh, he might be a little sore from last night. What I'm saying is yeah, like the, the mental, tension of that, the tension of that situation, and the mental toughness and awareness that you have yeah. to have to pitch in extra innings in the World Series, where it's, like, literally every pitch could be the end of the game. Yeah. Especially when it's the bottom of the inning, too. Sure. It would have been a different scenario if it's in Fenway and he has a little bit of a safety net of his team getting to bat after he pitches. Definitely. But in this case, because he was the away pitcher, it's, like, literally one pitch could be a walk-off. And it was in the 19th inning. And that's what 18th. happened. You're going to get Whatever. Stuff. <laughs> that's what happened. Was that seven innings in, six innings in, whatever. Mm-hmm. He his sixth inning, yeah. Yeah, six innings in, he threw one bad pitch. Right. In hindsight, it would have been better if the hit three innings earlier by the same guy had gone fair, same yeah. result, and he's not as gassed, and the players aren't as gassed. But I would argue a little bit that his performance kind of energized the team for the next day. See, that's a nice narrative, but they had like one hit through six innings. Yeah, if they had they come out the have... next day and like gone gone all out and were on fire, I would have been like, wow, that was but a rallying won the next cry. Game. Even I was like, man, they should just give up this next game, win yeah. game, uh, win game five, and then win and, in yeah. Boston. I don't know. And they didn't. Eight to four. They yeah. just kept batting. Once their bats got turned back game on, they just kept batting. Game three was terrible batting. to watch. Game four was great Can we to leave watch. this into? Good news. No. Bad news. What? Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. We should really give nicknames to everyone. Vivaldi's Four Seasons. You got that one. I did Steve Pierce the Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. You gotta say it with a Boston accent. Snowpiercer. There you go. Uh, Freeze Pop on the other team. <laughs> That's good. That was a good one. Yeah. Poop Stain. <laughs> <laughs> Poop Stain. Fucking Justin Turner. Like, everyone tells me he's great and, like, the numbers are fine, but every time I've ever watched a Dodgers game, he just looks like a piece of poop. And the Literally beer doesn't on help. His jersey, yeah. Poop stain. Um, what else do we no have? No, what we're talking about. This is not check, a visual check, podcast. Check the tape. Check the tape. Um, who are other ones? I feel like we had so many good ones. We well, got JBJ. You got JBJ. Um, yeah. Do you have a nickname for Ian Kinsler? You weren't very hot on Ian Kinsler. Uh, he doesn't deserve a nickname. Okay, fair enough. Price Nunez is, right. is just babyface. No, that's Devers. Devers, sorry. Nunez is... I get... Dude, Nunez and Devers confused. Yeah, both play third base. Yeah. Nunez is the bearded man, according to your students. The bearded man, Although yes. he has the smallest beard yes, of anybody. they were referring to him as the bearded man because I told them if they told me what happened in the World Series games or gave me um, the score, I would give them 
extra credit points. One of my kids today came up with a little note card that he written with every single game. Took sco- the took- scores, <laughs> the who the who won in the end. Red Sox won the World that's Series. That's not how you score baseball, kid. I gave him five Get points. the full book No, he's out. the one that likes baseball, so that's why. Okay. Um, so, yes, to give Miss Heather credit, Miss G, um, in the Yankees series it started, mm-hmm. you were ago. like, look, look at that stretch. Look, look at, at that, that first stretch. Baseman. Look at that first baseman. And I said, yeah, it's just because Moreland got hurt. You know, Pierce isn't supposed to be in. And then I was, like, personally offended when they took him out. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Have you seen what this guy can do? Did you see those stretches? Did you see that full fucking split he did? Did you see that? Like, 14 times? Yeah. And then they were going to take him out? I was like, fuck no. Yep. Fuck no. And he brought the big bat Uh to Los Angeles. He said, Jimmy Kimmel, I'm hitting this one for Baffleck, Mm -hmm. for Matt Damon, for Brock Holt. Put Affleck Identical back in twins. rehab. <laughs> they just took, they just wheeled him out for I that think night. So. Last night, Bill Simmons was there too. He was sitting next to them, apparently. Yeah. Squeaky voice, you know. I know. Um, I always picture Bill Simmons. Who is the old guy? Huh? Who is the old guy that used to write for the Globe with the white hair? Bob Ryan. I get them confused. Yeah, that's fine. Um. So yeah, and then that was the biggest debate during Game Five was who, mm. how would the MVP vote swing? Mm. Because Nathan MVP. Four Seasons was up in the bullpen, kind of just for show, I think. Mm. Um, so he was kind of out of it because they didn't win that game. He never ended up starting in the World Series, no. which is very strange. And then they didn't. He didn't end up pitching the last game. Correct. I'm telling you, it's a job interview. He wants to be. They're, they're, oh, they're getting get rid of him paid. as a reliever. He is going to get paid. Yeah. Uh, so David Price probably never pitched that well again. Probably, like if you looked at the analytics, I would guess would be the most valuable player because he pitched two games and pitched another inning in relief. I think you know I vote emotionally. Yeah. Steve Pierce brought the the momentum when they needed it. And he brought that that emotion that they needed to win. David Price, what he got out of it was that his little his reputation is his like, reputation, yeah. his little asterisks next to all the numbers of his career. You had to remind embraced. me that I used to love David Price because he's turned into this old bearded genie, genie, like a genie. with a weird wind up. And you forget how cool he was 10 years ago in 2008, coming yeah. up with the Rays, the young gun, mm-hmm. the gunslinger. Number 14, I always remember that. And, uh, yeah, he showed a little, he showed some fire. So I think that he didn't need the MVP trophy. Definitely didn't need the trophy. He's got a didn't big paycheck. Truck. He finally got that asterisk erased. Mm-hmm. Steve Pierce has been on literally every team in the AL East. Correct. And he's probably never going to do anything again. Yeah, he's not going to be remembered. He's going to get a little bit of money, but he's he needs get that more truck. Money, but he needs that truck. Reminds me of uh, when Jake Peavy won the World Series, bought the duck boat, and then went bankrupt at the sale of the duck yes. boat. Yeah. I have two other things to sadden you about the Red Sox, Why? though. Um, I just forgot what the first one was. Good, I don't one want to hear that. One is that someone, be my good news. someone pointed out on Twitter that Who's the Red racist? Sox have never had trouble winning the World Series up to the 18th year of a century, because now we're in 2018, and before it was 1918. Okay. So they could be starting a new drought. Okay. Um, the other thing is that the um, the consensus is that the best equivalent to Steve Pierce in the older teams would be Mark Bellhorn, the hero of that season. All my the mother, clutch home runs. My mother hated Mark Bellhorn. All the clutch home we runs. We used to literally make her leave the room because her negative energy was unlucky oh, every time left, he came up to bat. left-handed swing. He, she would have to leave. The, she would literally like leave the room in protest anytime he was on the screen. 
Uh, can I tell you my actual World Series good news? Okay. Give me, give me one minute. Not just min- that they won the World Series. No. Nope. Give me one minute on Mookie Betts. Give me your, give me your feeling. Um, pretty solid during the regular season, and I like the little outfielder trio because it seemed like they're best friends. Like I got a little bit obsessed with trying to figure out who was best friends on the team because you know that I do that with like movie casts and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the Betts, Benatendi, Bradley little trio of bees out in the outfields yeah and i think he seems like pretty happy-go-lucky guy and he's pretty clutch but not not so much in the playoffs um did you hear what he did after game two i yes. cried i cried i didn't i saw the headline didn't click it yeah so i'll tell I, you the story so they won game two in boston mm-hmm. and as lou Mer- merloni tells the story um, Mookie went back to his apartment with some of his childhood friends, and I don't think David Ortiz was there, but David Ortiz had ordered Dominican delivery food to arrive at Mookie Betts' apartment at just the right time. I want to know David Ortiz's deal. I'm going to yeah. interrupt your story sure. for a second. What's his deal? He is what the like, people call a hanging honor. He's like the sugar daddy. He's an ambassador. He's like the sugar daddy of all the players, minus yeah. the sex, probably. Mm. Like, he just seems to, like, have his fingers in all the cookie jars. What's the that? Phrase? Sure. I don't think like, that's it, but... He's got... He's got, he's got a, tentacles he's got everywhere. hands a lot of places. Yeah, that's what happens. You're like an emer- emeritus. D.H. Emeritus. Yeah. It makes me a little So, well, this part concerns me that Mookie says he got to his apartment and the food was on the table. So, did David Ortiz have the access code? Is it like the Amazon thing? That's like, you think this hey, is you to you in your home. You know, the one that like, Just they let, let us you into, your, into your house. Yeah, I'm con- anyway, David Ortiz has done a really good job like ter- making a career for himself. Mm-hmm. Like, even though he mumbles sometimes. And I wish he would just speak in Spanish sometimes. Um, but he was so excited about the Red Sox World Series when he was not even trying to be impartial. Oh, yeah. And A-Rod, like... A-Rod, was, A-Rod is so good on TV. I wish Joe oh. Buck and, and he would be on Fox. I wish he didn't do steroids. So, <clears throat> but yeah, his, like, that like Jason Veritek? Mm-hmm. Apparently he was a catcher He was instructor. just there, and him he's and on the, he's David, David Ortiz was like, I've always respected you, you've always been my hero, Jason. Like, real weird. Yeah. So I'm sorry, continue Lots your of love. story. So somehow the food gets into the apartment. I feel like I should preface this by saying that I'm wearing an Ortiz jersey. Mm-hmm. So, like, no hate, Matt. He Little is, poppy. Like, still one of sure like, my top three. I switched it because I wore a pencil skirt with this, and this oh. is the child size. Yep. So the, the numbers are smaller, so it looked better with my pencil skirt that I wore at school. So today. smart. Mm. At six in the morning, I made that smart decision. After, <laughs> right after I creeped you out. Yeah. And, yeah. You woke me up from a nightmare into a new nightmare. <laughs> um, That's not a nice way to refer to our life. Um, so somehow the food got into the apartment. Okay. Now, really, the story, the part of the story that I like best is that apparently Mookie and his friend were like, challenge accepted, even though I'm in the midst of a World Series run, I'm going to binge eat as much of the food as I can. So I respect that. Okay. I empathize with that. Yeah. But I guess they quickly discovered that they could not. So they went, they went to a nearby shopping plaza, took a shopping cart, filled it up with all the food trays, and brought it down near the library and fed it to all homeless people at 2 a.m. How much food did David Ortiz send Apparently him? a lot. Like hundreds of dollars worth? Like just give oh, me one at of least. everything? Yeah, no, it was like 50 trays or something. They, David Ortiz mm-hmm. thought Betts was feeding the 40-man roster, was perhaps. That, is that just speculation? Yeah, I think so. 
But yeah, he went down at 2 a.m. You and I were talking about what these baseball players do. There's the Instagram. Why that was Lou Berloni there? He, someone sent it to him because Mookie oh. was so genuine about it. He didn't tell anybody what he was doing. But somebody else saw Mookie doing it, caught the picture, he and sent him along. No, like they, they were, were out there sleeping. trying to stay warm. Looks like they were sleeping. Um, so yeah, you and I were talking about, you know, how do these baseball players function? How do they do their post-game interviews at 2, 3 a.m.? And he should have been in bed getting ready for the flight, and instead he was doing that. So that's I didn't really, nice. I didn't really care whether he got oh, any wow. more hits in the series because that's good enough. And like I feel like people always—that's such a thing when athletes try to get involved in politics. That people are always like, like, what do you, what do you do for your community? Like, da 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 da. And it's like, shut the fuck up. They do a lot for their community, and just because they like, it's another lose-lose situation. Like we were talking about T Swizzle the other week because it's like. If they don't tell anyone about it, mm-hmm. then people think like, like oh, they don't help their community at all. And then if they do, like make it a oh, doing it media event or put it on Instagram, it's like yeah. ugh, social media. Like these days, people just do it for the likes, whatever. Right, but there's a big difference. Like when the PR of the team says you guys are going to this hospital or this school today for the photo ops. Like this was. Clearly oh no, I a- know. I just mean like. If if they were to put something, if he was to put something on Instagram about oh, yeah. it, people would be like, half people would be like, that's great. And the other half the people would be like, you're just doing this to get more likes and sympathy for your team or whatever. No, he's a class act though. Anyway, classy dude. I always got a good vibe from him. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I like about the Red Sox team this year. Mm-hmm. I just got Very such likeable. a good vibe. They were really amicable. Just like really likable and they seemed really genuine and mm-hmm. like... I know that the, like the little slogan thingy of like let the kids Dude, play damage. or whatever, no, oh, the let the kids play yeah. or whatever is a little bit like annoying. But like that's kind of what I felt like with the Red Sox. Like they just wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Like there weren't really any like. Correct me if I'm wrong. There weren't really any like standout like one man carry the team type of stars. No, Mookie and JD were like the offensive leaders, but everyone shipped. But in. like if I went and asked someone like in the midway point of the season, like, who's the most famous Red Sox player right now? Mm-hmm. Would they even have an answer? Like, David yeah. Price, maybe? Maybe. Like, I don't think Mookie Betts... Uh, we haven't been following baseball recently. Oh, he's becoming really a like household Mookie Betts, name. But, like, yeah, I don't know that he's a household name. Yeah. I was going to give a shout-out to T-Mobile, sponsor of the show, because they did give us free MLB.TV for the year, and that... We followed the Red Sox pretty decently this yeah, year. We I watched think- opening day... I keep getting shaded um, for not watching the Patriots so far because yep. we're on our, our, we're our doing NFL our boycott, band and yep. we've actually been doing well with it because yep. the Red Sox have been very distracting True. in a good way. Patriots are on right now, but actually. We're not watching baseball it. Baseball is my favorite sport to watch. It always has been. Yep. Like, there's something so nice about the monotony of it. I agree. People, like, A lot of people disagree, but I agree. You put it on in the background. It's just, like, really chill. Mm-hmm. It's nice. The pace of the game is interesting. It helps it as my favorite sport to play as well. So yeah. I like... You get the strategy. I feel a lot know. of things and I have a lot of commentary about it, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's been 23 minutes. And, we're still and you're not even a it. stat geek. Um, okay, let's start working in some other stuff. You said you had no other good news? Mm-mm. My only other good news was we uh, we watched... We'll talk about single parents sometime on the podcast, right? Sure. But they had a Halloween episode, and that brought me cheer because it was like, oh yeah, some network TV shows are still on the regular calendar, and so you know you're going to tune in October and get a Halloween episode. Like, that was nice. Like, it felt ni- nice to you? 
Because, like, when you're on a Netflix show or something, it's like, yeah. maybe there's a Halloween episode in there somewhere. I can go hunting for a Fuller House mm-hmm. episode. But it's just so much more natural when it's Once like, again, this the is monotony, the time of year. The sitcom reliability yeah. is nice. Mm-hmm. I, I deliberately sought so out old. the fresh-off-the-boat Halloween episode today. Good for you. break at work. All right, let's turn things sour now. What do you have for bad news? Um, well, those political commercials that I've been seeing, particularly the one that I just saw... Well, these are going to be Minnesota local. Oh, boy. I don't really have a lot of comments on it other than that make me sad and angry. And I just feel like most of the Democratic ones I've seen are, like, sick people begging for their health care not to be taken away. Mm -hmm. And most of the Republicans are like, do you want to allow people who need homes into our state? Do you want refugees here? There is a caravan of war-torn people who are going to ruin our country? Do you want people to what be PR? What was the one that was like, that one. this woman is pro-costumes or something. What was it? She wastes her time arguing against costumes for children because she says they're inappropriate. Still don't understand that one. Like cultural appropriation costumes. Yeah. She was saying like, don't dress up as a Mexican for Halloween. Right. Or as an Indian because it's not. So Megan Kelly didn't get that memo. Uh, what? She was pro, um... Blackface. That was the whole debacle. Was it? Yes. I thought hers was the Newtown one. No, she said she didn't understand why white kids couldn't go as Black Panther with black makeup on. Yikes. Hmm. We see her ads for her TV show a lot, too. So I just feel like most of the Democratic ones I've seen are just like literally begging for reproductive rights and for health care. Yeah. And all of the Republican ones are like, do you want your state to be politically correct and not offend people all the time? It's like, yes. Yes, I do. Like, all of their rhetorical, like, questions that are supposed to make people incensed or something, I'm like, yes, that sounds lovely, actually. Yeah. It just makes me sad. They're just spreading so much hate, even in the commercials. Even in the commercials. The Democrats are like, look at all the great things we've done. Look at our track record for this. Please don't take away your health care. And all the Republican ones are just filled with hate. And yeah, I don't think they should be allowed. I don't think it's it's good. That was know. what Obama tried to do. To get rid of... The hope. Yeah. Thing. What was this thing? Yes, we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other bad news from you? Um, that Amazon truck. I can't believe we didn't talk about this before. Um, I think that was a dream. It was not a dream. Well, oh, wait. At the Art of Mall? Yes. Wow, yeah. That was confusing. It would, there is now Do you have pulled up on your- an, a thing that Amazon is going to have trucks full of a, one oh, single yeah. item that they drive around and they'll tell you where you can go drive and pick up just that item. Yeah. This one was one specific yes. size what this equates of a to 10.99 frozen pizza. Three poor women standing around a food tr- truck-esque thing in the, in the in a back end of a parking lot. lot. And, and you were like, that has the Amazon symbol on it. And I was like, no, it doesn't. And they're like, it's so convenient because you can find this single item and drive. I can't even say it with a straight face. And drive to pick it up for us. It's like fucking two-day shipping is convenient. Me driving around mall parking lots cruising for frozen pizzas out of a truck. <laughs> it's not convenient. Yeah, my favorite thing is still when you check out and you're like, yes, mail to me. Then they're like, you sure you don't want to use an Amazon locker? Something more convenient to you? And Are it's you like, sure you don't want to go to your local drugstore and pick it up I, instead? I, 
bed. I come home what every day. What the fuck is the point of I Amazon? Got my house. What's the point of having a house? What's the point of delivery? Delivery was invented so you didn't have to go out and talk to people. I understand if you're in Costa Rica and you don't have a street address, things get tricky, but <laughs> I understand the lock going a little bit because like you still don't have to talk to a human being. <sighs> and maybe like if you live in an apartment where it's like tricky to to mail things, like I saw them a lot in New York City. I'm like, okay, that yeah. makes sense. A fucking truck in a fucking parking lot. For one item! Yeah. It's just whatever item they pick. Okay. And they're not even good items. It was frozen pizza. If I'm going to get a frozen pizza... they had proper If I'm going to go to the frozen pizza, I could get one of those ones that you just bake and take, or whatever they talk about that I still think is a scam. Yeah, there's a thing in Minnesota where you don't get... You don't get delivery pizza. You drive they to get... They brag about it. <laughs> They're like, we don't cook it for you. You cook it at home. I'm like... You, you go into a shop. You tell them all the ingredients you want. You wait for them they to make it. They sort of assemble them. And then you take it home and you still have to preheat the oven. Yes. Okay. Any more bad news? I keep drinking. Okay. Can I read you my bad news and you give me give me some hot takes? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Red Dead Redemption 2 is out now? Hot take. And... All the reviews are out. Good or bad? And, well, now apparently video game reviews have gone the way of first book reviews, then movie reviews, then TV show reviews, which is that the authors try to make it more, it's just such a piece of art to review something, you know? Like, they can't just tell you whether it's good or not. They have to be all literary. Flowery and prosy. This one, I think, missed the mark a little bit. Why? Tell me. Well, okay. Um, I'll just read it to you, and you let me know what you think. Okay. You cut me off if you need to. Stop. Get Siri to stop talking. Siri, you bitch. Be quiet. Um, Okay, Red Dead Redemption 2. The American West was built atop the broken bodies of Native American tribes. Oh my god, don't give me a history lesson. Brave, if foolhardy settlers, and cutthroats on both sides of the law. The visions of rugged cowboys, steam engine trains, ripe for robbery... (sighs) And an endless ocean of forest, desert, and plains came at a human cost. An ocean of forest? Red Dead Redemption 2 itself is no exception. If reports about punishingly lengthy working hours at developer Rockstar to be believed, while no amount of big sky country beauty can ever atone for the crimes of America's past, and no amount of video game artistry can atone for labor malpractice, Red Dead Redemption 2 manages to evoke that same haunting beauty that has captured the heart of millions since Manifest Destiny itself. I, first of all, I stopped listening halfway through because it sounded really boring. Yep. Secondly, is it pro-Red Dead Redemption because of the beautiful, uh, haunting feelings it evokes? Or... Con Red Dead Redemption because of all the dead Native Americans. They are pro Red Dead Red Dead Redemption and pro Native American genocide, from what I gather. They are comparing. Are they con America? Mm, doesn't seem like it. The, their central Was thesis. Was this a white person that wrote this? Unclear. You need to find that out. That's a central Joseph understanding. Noop. Um, you need to click on his name and see what he looks like. So their central thesis seems to be that there is an equivalent analogy to bring into play here. Why, mm-hmm. dude? Yeah. Between the settlers coming to America and killing all of the Native Americans. Okay. And the leaders of Rockstar Video Games working their uh, video game developers to the bone. And breaking uh, labor laws? Potentially. So this all started because... But there were no labor laws in the the Wild West. I got you there. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so yeah, this all came about because some one of the, like the project managers tweeted that they were working a hundred hour weeks leading up to like the final. I hate America. 
It was actually in Scotland, I thought, but maybe. Is an American company? Yeah, probably. I That should not be, like, lauded. Yeah, I know. That, that, that was sound the, good out, That was out the outcry. That's I just don't think it should really be compared to the price that Native Americans paid in losing their land. It just seems a little, like, they're... It seems like a white dude wrote it to try and be poetic. Yeah. And it was very offensive to the actual, net, like, unending loss and grief right. by the native people saying that the wild west is so beautiful for people who love manifest destiny that you can forget about it everything almost, that, you know what it sounds like what it sounds like an ai wrote it yeah and like it just read a whole bunch of like history textbooks and that's what it spit out could be like, it doesn't actually make any sense. Like, it sounds flowery and sounds like big ideas, but if you actually break it down and take some of this unnecessary vocab out, mm -hmm. it makes no sense. Mm. It's like monkeys on a typewriter. <sighs> okay. Let's do, do a commercial break. Are you sober enough to do a commercial? No. What should we advertise today? Book digits. B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S. Dot com. And on Instagram, too? At book digits on Instagram. Mm. I gotta do. I gotta do one soon. We got so many followers that you. You don't have that. Many we're gonna followers. have a giveaway soon. I need a lot more followers, and I don't think I'm gonna get there. I have one to post for tomorrow. I forgot. Halloween themed. The Frankenstein one. Don't spoil it. Oh, that's a that's a little teaser for the people at home. This won't be published until it's already out. We gotta we gotta pump this out. We gotta take advantage of the World Series wave. Okay. Um, so yeah, book digits, you can make your own account, you can browse our top 50, our fresh 50 you and I were going through, mm -hmm. it's mostly books that Heather loves. Um, and yeah, keep track of what you want to read, what you have read. Books of the week, also many books that I love or yeah. have heard that other people it's love. basically Heather's Corner on book digits. Don't even joke about that, you have still refused to give me Heather's Corner. So many times you promised that if I help you with things or do things for you, you'll give me Heather's Corner, and I haven't yet. Okay. I think we're ready for our, our main topics here. Fine. What are we going to talk about books? first? I think we need to talk about the TV movie first. That's what all the okay. people are here for. Okay. This is going to be my year. My year. My Someday. Year. Oh, gosh. You're going straight into the medley. Ordinary. Um. So we're talking about Z-O-M-B-I-E-S. Otherwise known as zombies. With hyphens in between, though. Disney Channel original movie. Yep. We are only, I think... Eight or nine months behind the curve on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, loads. Every time I bring it up, though, everyone knows about. Yeah. It. So how did we everyone miss it? Everyone with a child. All of the people we've talked to that don't have children. Okay. Totally missed it. Everyone but that I talked to. None of your Instagram or Tumblr circles. No one no, was like, "Hey, give this a no, watch." Only people with children. Huh. Um. We, even mm. this. Person that I work with who has like a four-year-old yeah. knows that because he sings the songs. I think we sh you need to and describe how we stumbled upon it though, and okay, how it was so, all thanks to me. Also thanks to me. Yeah. So we had planned to go to a wedding in Duluth for the weekend, which is like two hours away from our normal the North abode. Shore, as they call it. Um, and like literally twenty-four hours before we were meant to leave, I came down with a horrible cold. Yeah. But I was like, a bunch of people already bailed on these friends for their wedding. Even though we never got a real invitation, we should still go and be nice. And we'd already bought them a Harry Potter box set. So we were pretty committed. And We're going to get our free meal out of it at that point. Yeah. 
spaghetti with red sauce. Yep. So we were supposed to drive up to Duluth. We had paid for a very expensive shitty hotel. Yep. And except I was terribly ill. So you drove the whole way, and I, like, slept in the car. Mm-hmm. And then we got there. And I said, we'll go out for brunch in the morning, because you have never turned down brunch once in your life. Probably true. So in the morning, we were starting to get ready, and I still felt kind of crappy. And I was like, oh, we've got a little bit of time. We'll just go out to brunch. Like, I'll get ready, and we'll just go out to, like, a lunch deal on the way to the wedding. And I never watch hotel TV. Literally never. Yeah. I think I was scarred because do you remember in the old days you'd go to a t you'd go to a hotel and the TV would have a little video game controller sticking out of it. Mm-mm. We must have gone to different hotels than you. Mm-hmm. My dad would never pay the extra four ninety nine a day to actually activate the video game system. So I think I've now just turned off all hotel TVs. I thought you don't like it because usually they don't have a guide and you just have to channel flip. That's true too. I like channel surfing. Ugh. it's in my jeans. Well, clearly it rubbed off a little bit on me because you were being so lazy. I was like, I have nothing else to do in this room. I was ill. Yeah, that too. Um, so I flipped it on. And I was like, I'm not. I haven't watched Sports Center in a decade. I'm not going to watch Sports Center. This was during the Saturday Red Sox Yankees series, but um, obviously it was in the morning, mm-hmm. and so I was only going to give it like another couple channels on the flipping. No, I do not want to exchange ice cubes with you. You need to go to bed. I will finish this segment. And we actually stumbled on a terrible Disney show, Disney Mm. Channel show first. Why watching that one? That's the real question here. Because I was like, wow, this is so bad. Is this what Disney Channel is? Because I'm once a month at least. You do that sometimes. I mean, I'm I was raised with a blog. Yeah, I did watch that a little bit. I was raised on Zoob Disney, and so few people remember even what the Zoobs were, probably because no one knew what the hell a Zoob yeah. was. But Where? that... Where? Yeah! He's the little guy who does that. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll see what happens. And then I was like, all right, the hour is turning, so I will see what comes on next. And then you were like, you should really get in the shower. So I was like getting ready to get in the shower. And it's like, and your young, bo- your, your young boy Zed. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? No, it gave a weird intro. Right, they There's did like their... a cartoonish intro about like the zombie apocalypse. I was like, this is getting a little dark for Disney For a half hour show, I was like, what, you know, where is this going? Yeah, and, it was just, and I was like, is it a cartoon? Is it real life? Is it hand-drawn? Mm-hmm. Who knows? And then... You break into real weird movie musical. Yeah. And, like, everything's pastel. Oh, the uh, the colors Aesthetic. in this movie are so great. I love it. Yeah. I really love it. it. I know it's just meant for little children who, like, can't distinguish colors very well. And they're just like, oh, oh it's bright so things. nice to look at. But, like, it really works synthetic. When is it going to be a musical? That would be great. Add this to our list. Like, Goofy Movie. Yep. Anastasia, which already exists, and I want to go see it sometime. Okay. Not that long of a list. Zombies. Okay, three. Um, so, so we quickly realized that it was a full-length feature. D, D-C. D-com. Yeah, that, right? D-com. Um, and, yeah, at first you don't realize it's a musical. Then you're like, whoa, it's a musical. And it is my type of musical. Just, like, ridiculous pop songs. So, like, there is no attempt to make it seem like the people are actually singing what no. they're singing. It nope. is purely glee, auto-tuned in Lip-sync, the studio. auto-tuned. Yeah. Like, inexplicable synchronized dance moves. Oh, the dancing is so good. So, the summary of this... The summary of this is that they're in some sort of town, which I think is Seabrook, New Hampshire. It's just generic Seabrook, yep. And... But there's Seabrook, New Hampshire, and there's a nuclear plant. Okay. The nuclear plant melts down, causes people to get zombies... 
there's a zombie apocalypse, except, so, and then the, the people that are still humans. They build a wall. Build the wall and yep. keep the zombies out. That magically works, apparently, because they're not like World War Z zombies so that work can, in like, the climb up, no. like, ants. Um, so it works, except then, like, hundreds of years later, or however many years it's supposed to be, the government has figured out a way to, like, control the zombies and make them not zombies by, like... With a Fitbit. Like, a Fitbit, basically. Like, electromagnetic pulses or something that makes them not crave brains and go crazy. And we open on young Zed. Yep. Because Z is Zed in other countries. And he, in his first day of high school, they're finally getting an integrated high school. Integrated, yep. But it's not really integrated. It's, like, separate but equal kind of integrated. Until where they're 45 in the minutes ago, I was a janitor. So, yeah. And they're in the basement, and they don't get to do any of the clubs or the sports. And and Z Zed only wants to try out for football. It's his only and they dream. Won't let him. His dad doesn't think he can do it. His yeah. sister believes in him. Though. And then the main girl, mm-hmm. Addison. I was going to still call her Annabelle. Addison. Yeah. She is a cheerleader with a dark secret. She actually has white hair, not blonde hair. Yeah. That's actually the dark secret. Yeah. Um, and then her cookie cutter parents yeah. are there. Um, so she wants to be a cheerleader. And her cousin, Her Bucky. cousin Bucky is the very gay head cheerleader, but the, the sexuality is never discussed. Not even Correct. And he's bit. a villain, but that's like, yeah, he can just be the villain. Yeah. Um, and he... Tries to like get keep her on like the everything is perfect, don't talk to zombies side, but she's got a meet cute with with Zed. Oh yeah, in the dark. In the dark, and they sing a duet, and um, then they kind of fall in love, but then they have to keep it secret because they're not supposed to associate with each other. But then mm-hmm. there is um, a zombie band Z band malfunction at a prep rally. He saves Addison as she's being tossed from the cheerleader triangle thing. Yep, and then um, he. Get then earns a spot on the football team because that was like his accidental tryout. Yeah. So he makes a deal that as long as the football team keeps winning, thanks to him, they'll let the zombies be integrated. But he has to fuck with his Z band in order. Thanks to Eliza, his cool black best friend, who has to like mess with his Z band to make him strong enough to like actually win the games because they're really terrible. And then that turns into a whole thing, and then evil Bucky and his evil friends find out and manipulate that. Yeah, we don't have to give away They go anymore. to zombie jail. It's a whole mm. thing. And yeah. then there's a power ballad. Oh, yeah. So, let's go through the songs. There's the opening number. This is gonna be my year. A la the Goofy movie. Um, After today. Yeah, that song. And it also has the Hamilton interlude. Yes. Where, like, for the first five bars, you're like, wait, is this... Oh, they're doing Hamilton. And then you're like, is this whole thing going to be Hamilton? But then it's over, just like yeah, that. Yeah, just a little it's teaser. Perfect. Just a little yeah. taste. Just enough to be like, wait, is it? Because Eliza over. comes in. Her name's Eliza. Fight the good fight. Yeah. We need a revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta rise up. Um, so yeah, that's a great number because they're, you know, singing it from both sides and they mm-hmm. both have their own different dances. Lots of good dance breaks and then lots of good, like, clashes of the color and the aesthetics yeah. of the two different sides. Um, you can only wear light pink or light blue yep. if you're a, a, a human in Zebra. gender can be fluid. Yes. Just like Tracy on the, uh, on the cheer squad. Yes. Um, there's Stacy, Lacey, and Tracy. And then there's, one of my kids was... 100% convinced that was a girl from Mean Girls, no matter what I told her. Yeah, that yeah. It no, it does look like her, but she'd um, be like 30 now. The best thing about being a middle school teacher is I can show zombies in class. Yeah. So, since you mentioned Mean Girls, I would say this, like, if we were going to do a book digits comparison, no, what? I've got a whole list. Save oh, it. Save okay. it. That's the, the only last game we play. It's the only notes I have. Um, so the second song is the, the Pep Rally song. Yeah, I just watched it again today, honey, so I know. 
<laughs> without me. I, yeah, some factors well, I intervened with me forcing being forced to work at home. And I was playing like some boring music, and then I was like, "I'll put on the uh, the zombies soundtrack while I work." And I was like, "I'm home. I can just watch, watch zombies, zombies on the TV." Yeah. Um, I have such trouble finding live uh, things to stream for free. Yeah. And this was like, "Oh, Disney Channel original," like, yeah. and just played it at school. Thanks to our fine. Comcast, you were logged in. Are you sure? Definitely. Yeah, it's not for free. It was for free when I logged in. We're fired up. We're fired up. That's at oh, yeah. that's the song. bring it on Get cheerleader song. Yeah. And then there's the duet. Someday. What, how's it start? Well, have you heard the story? Oh, yeah, terrible. Oh, no, that's not actually. and zombie. zombie. Tell me more, tell me more. Boy. <laughs> now you're confusing that with Grease. <laughs> Is that oh, not how it goes? Tell me more, boy. Sounds yeah. like a fantasy. What could go so okay. wrong with me? I can sing both parts. It's fine. You sing the girl part better than me. Yeah. Um, and then there's, uh, uh, Welcome to Zombieland. I'm in Zombieland. Bam. You're in Zombieland. That's not how it goes at We're all. in Zombieland. Let you do it like, bam. I'm in Zombieland. Yeah. You're in, in Zombieland. Zombieland. We're, We're in Zombieland. Zombieland. Watch me do it like, like, bam. And then they way overuse the bouncing off the floor you love on your it, back though. thing, but I love it. And then there's the slow reprise. ballad rep- reprise Ooh, of the pop So duet. close to kissing. And then there's the power ballad. I'm gonna stand tall. Yeah. Nothing's stopping me. And it's all in a dream sequence. I didn't catch that completely yes. the first time. It doesn't actually get sung. Yes. Mm. She just rips it off. Yeah. Spoilers. And then there's the reprise. Of Fired of Up. Yeah. Fired Up. With the little girl leading it. Yeah. And then there's the reprise. reprise there's only four songs. Bam. Yeah. There's the reprise of Bam. Yeah, and so then they really say, this songs. is going to be our year. Yeah. Whew. Quality soundtrack. Yep. It's short, but sweet. Yeah. Um, I have my list of the things that it is. I think Okay, I think we need to talk about the message first, because that's really what hooked me. Uh, well, the songs are trash, like delicious pop trash. trash. Yeah. Yeah, sugary pop trash. Yeah. Like, like uh, empty calories. Yeah. But honestly, if you are raising a elementary school kid, I would show them this and the hate you give as a double feature. <laughs> Either put put the scare into them first or save it for later. But like, how could you how could you be a screwed up kid if you watch these two movies? Like your head empathy would have to be screwed on right. You'd be surprised. Kids don't pick up on messages like that. Not overtly, at least. This one is so overtly. Like, you could, you could put in up on it. any metaphor for the zombies. It. it could be based on race. It could be based on religion, gender, orientation. Well, I know that's a part that you liked and that bothered me a little bit. But there was no subplots. Like, I wanted oh, yeah. there to be a gay subplot or, like, the fat friend subplot. or And there was nothing, not even a hint of a subplot. It was but that was so cool that the gender fluid person could just be evil and didn't have to be having a, a whole saga. And, and the it was friend just, like, just wasn't a good cheerleader. It's not because she was fat. Yeah. She got she got thrown at the end. Eventually, by the zombie. Um, So, yeah, I just thought the message in it was so great. I have it split up into seven parts. Can I guess some of them? Yes, go. Okay, so I'd say Mean Girls. Yes. It's part Glee for sure. I didn't have Glee. What? It is Glee. It's essentially Glee. All the ones I have, most of them are movies. movies. So it's They're part, not, uh, what was the first one I said? Mean Girls. Mean Girls. Um, uh, definitely yep. Bring It On. Bring It On. Yeah. You already said Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton. Um, give me a clue. 
One of my favorite movies. Sweet Home Alabama. How was this movie? Remember the Titans. Oh yeah, remember the Titans for sure. Oh god, the football coach is so good. I could buy slacks. I could buy slacks. I don't have to wear sweatpants anymore. Yeah, my ex wife back. She loves slacks. <laughs> um, Riverdale and Teen Wolf. You sure, gonna Teen get, Wolf. Yeah, but Teen Wolf for sure. Riverdale for sure. Teen Wolf, like really though, because yeah. the whole thing about like the Z bands is like the control is the, like yeah. the werewolf. So you have that's how they're strong. Yeah. Um, Riverdale. I forget why I remind. No, the kind of the aesthetic reminded me of the yeah. way that they do Riverdale because everything's kind of comic too. Yeah. Um, and High School Musical, which mm. tell the people your shameful secret. I've only ever seen one Zephron number, and that's it. We need to watch it sometime. Yeah. Um, I don't know that's going to hold up very well. Well, people are also going to say we need to watch The Descendants because this was made by the Descendants people. I was afraid you were going to say that. I don't know. I don't know either. Is it a musical? No idea. Because that's what really carried me for this. I think I would have lost interest a little bit in, like, the kind of loose plot if it yeah. wasn't for, like, the catchy pop trash songs. Yeah. Um, it just sounds like every single pop song. We were listening to it being like, what song does this sound like? Yeah, and it's it all a, of them. Is it a Bieber number? Is it's it all a... of them. One Direction, specifically, yeah, was mostly, one of them. Yeah. But, like, just, it sounds like every pop song mashed together. Yeah. Like, if you did just, you know how they do those things where you, like, put everybody's faces together yeah. to, like, make the most symmetrical face. Mm-hmm. This is that with pop songs. Yeah. Like, every pop song mashed together, and, and this T-Pain. is what it would sound like. Yeah. All the edges are rounded off, mm-hmm. and some bad rhymes, and... But it's just so fucking catchy. Yeah, someday so when you go back catchy. and watch it, like... Someday! Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of the... Just all of the acting done within each line, like, it's all very well choreographed. <laughs> it's delightful. I watched it at school with my kids. I really liked it on the second viewing. Like, it held up really well for me. You didn't even want to finish watching it in the hotel room that day. I wanted brunch! Yeah. I said no brunch. Is that the end of our comparisons? Yeah, there's seven. Okay, yeah. I was lost Hamilton, count. Remember the Titans, High School Musical, Teen Wolf, Mean Girls, Bring It On, and Riverdale. That's a pretty good equation. Basically just every sort of high school thing. Plus Hamilton. Yep. Plus five bars of Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Who'd you recommend it to? Like I said. Obviously, we are like childless adults, so we enjoyed it. If you want like a real cheesy musical that you're like, you're sick or you're just kind of want something mindless that's just going to make you like your heart sing. Mm -hmm. And you can put aside your judgments of a lot of the terrible parts of it. What are the terrible parts? It's cheesy. Oh, it's cheesy. And like the dialogue's a little cheesy. Oh, yeah. And like there's not really a lot of nuance. Sure. It's a very insular story. Like, it's so only it's in Seabrook. There's a lot of shrimp jokes, too. I didn't yes. love the mighty shrimp aspect. I feel like I'm missing a little bit of the joke. Just that they're a sea-based community, so they do a lot of... I just feel like I'm missing it. Yeah. Um, so it has mostly, like, good reviews in the online community, but okay. the first one that I what found... online community? Like, IMDb and shit. Okay. The first one I found was, like... I really like that it wasn't actually a love story because they were just friends. They were not Are lovers. You fucking serious. You can't sing that song to somebody who you don't want to. They were like that close to kissing. Yeah. And then at the end. They only hugged. Yeah, but like his eyes. Oh, yeah. Like told a story. Yeah. You know what I love about you? Yeah. Your eyes. They really tell a story. What's that from? I don't remember. It's an elf quote that I'm messing up with something else. Okay, cool. Um, no, it isn't a uh, no. quote. No? Yes, it's the guy when he's talking to Charlotte Denning. 
unicorn. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I shouldn't have doubted Everything's you. Everything's no quote. Don't doubt me. Okay. It's almost, it's almost elf season. I, Jinx. Why don't we own that? I thought we had it on DVD. Well, yeah, I have it on the hard drive. I'll get it for you in every form. Don't I worry. I want to show it for the children. The children love the, the elf. elf. Oh my god, we're so in sync right now. People think we're gross. Um... This I like I normally don't ship people, but like I ship those two. Why didn't you want to be them for Halloween? Because you love it even more than I love it, and you yeah, I would have wanted Halloween. to be the cheer. I would have wanted to be Tracy or Bucky. Fine. Hmm. Okay, we are we the girl and the zombie? We could have been the girl, girl and, and the zombie. Are we doing another? <sighs> Can I say one more thing? Yeah, sure. Why aren't there more cheesy musicals? Yeah, Disney did Channel Glee should be training. I think it did. I think Glee ruined it. Glee for should have been a movie like this. It brought it mainstream and then ruined it, and now nobody else wants it. Like if you had you done know? a Glee movie that culminated in Bohemian Rhapsody and the first season switched into no, the movie. first episode and doing uh, Journey as well. Like that's all you need. Mm. Would have nailed it. And they tried to do it with that horrible one with that guy from How I Met Your Mother. God, that was bad. Right. Oh, yeah. Rise. God, that was bad. Go catch up on that. Um, give me more cheesy musicals that, that don't try to be cool and subversive and, like, whatever. Just, just, and, like, self-aware. It's like, just make a cheesy musical. Yeah. There's no harm in that. No. The world needs a little bit more pop. Mm-hmm. Especially these days. All right. We're doing your, one of your favorite books. Yep. I gave a lot of intro for zombies, so I'm going to take a little rest and you can give the intro for this. Sure. Have you given it a grade yet? You just read no, it the other I day. I didn't think you had. Um, so we're read, we're, we read uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Question mark, mm -hmm. Which is like an all-time bad title. Like Philip K. Dick does not have great titles. The Man in the High Castle, that one's okay. He should have hired someone. To be he should have, like his headline writer kind of. Is it titler? No. A ghost titler? Mm. Um, Titler. Yep. Titular. So when you say that book, people immediately go Blade Runner, and then before you can say something else, they go, "You have to watch Blade Runner director's cut." Mm -hmm. Have we talked? We talked about Blade Runner on this. Mm -hmm. Did we do like a whole segment on it? Mm -hmm. Okay. We actually watched... no. No. We did like just a, a rant. A rant. I don't think we did actual Blade. No, we did. Yeah. Uh, no, I think we did. Because then uh, Jen was like, you have to go watch Blade Runner 2049. And the director's cut of the first yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so we may still go back. You said you were intrigued to revisit it. I was intrigued to revisit it after the book purely to compare it to the book. There's not now a lot of comparisons to draw. I know what the source material is. But there is. There's source material, right. I think I understand it a little bit better. I don't know that it's the best adaptation. But I think I understand it a little better. Yeah. So, see... So so yeah, obviously this is a classic sci-fi um, novel. You, that's your grade? I think I need to give it higher than that based on the fact that it's from 1968. That's, yeah. Especially in terms of the originality score on book right. two, it's just supposed but to take think, an account date. Sorry. I'll, you, you, you keep thinking. You give the summary of the book, ignoring the Blade Runner movie. Give sure. the summary of the book, and then I'll chime in. So yeah, I read this for the first time only a couple of years ago and reread it for this podcast. Uh, but yeah, it instantly became one of my favorites, and as I'm sure I've mentioned on this show, I'm not like a typical sci-fi kind of person. Do not read Dune. You would hate it and yourself. And me. Yeah. And that, the whole world. That's Don't today's worry. episode of why Bennett's not going to read Dune. There yeah. you go. Um, so yeah, Androids, we'll just call it, um, is a very short book. 
It's like 170 pages. It's a very tight narrative. Um, Heather thinks it's slow, but it's not. So um, slow. There's really two, two and a half kind of plot strands. Um, so the Harrison Ford character, Dennard, Rick Dennard, is that his name? I think so. Um, so he lives in a futuristic uh, America, and kind of the setup of the the environment is kind of confusing. Were you confused about it? About no. where the androids are from or where all the humans are? No. All right, tell me what happened. Um, there was some sort of um, dust cloud thing that happened because of like a radioactive something. Yeah. And then... So most of the humans left and went to Mars for, to make a colony there because mm -hmm. the government had like a subsidy type program where if you if you um, emigrated, yeah, it's I was gonna say extricated, emigrated. They would give you a free robot and be like, go start a life on Mars where you don't have this poisonous dust that will make you infertile. And if you stayed on Earth and became infertile, then you got like basically demoted to a lower class citizen so that was the other way that they tried to incentivize you to leave earth because there's not enough resources and there's like this poisonous dust floating around everywhere but some people like stayed because they had jobs or family or whatever on earth or that they just like were kind of afraid to go on mars and like mars didn't seem all that great either mm. um and the androids are made on Mars because they're not allowed to be made on Earth, but that's kind of how they get away with it, is that there's no laws about not making androids on Mars, but the one, some of the androids from Mars end up back on Earth, and that's why if the colonists, colonists were leaving, they got an android like on their way out the door, like, see you later, take yeah. your robot to space, because they're not allowed on Earth. Yeah. And the Did I get it right? Yeah, I think so. And the androids are now obviously self-aware based on their level of AI, and so they retreat to Earth because they can think for themselves, which I think is a little bit of the confusing bit. Do they retreat to Earth to start a life, or do they retreat to Earth? I'm not sure to if that's escape. clear. I think it might be to kind of escape their servitude. servitude. Yeah, because yeah. uh, Rick's job is the bounty hunter for the androids, so he's right. killing rogue androids that came from the colony. Um, yeah, I guess the part that always confused me a little bit was, did they really have to incentivize the deal that much? You seem to say yes, that... I see, I thought that there was a lot of hints that, like, the Mars life was not actually very good. Yeah. Like, doth protest too much. Like, they're trying too hard to advertise it. Like, if, if the Earth really was this, like, horrible option where everything is, like, poisonous dust everywhere, why wouldn't people want to leave Earth? Why are you having to, like, persuade them this much to leave Earth? Like, I got the feeling that... The Mars colony was, like, actually kind of terrible. Okay. So, the... Yeah. I think that's the difference between you and I, is you well, like the literariness oh, yeah. of the book, the literary themes, and, like, the really beautiful writing style. Um, but the sci-fi parts you kind of glazed over. Mm -hmm. And the sci-fi parts I enjoyed, and I think... Not that I read a ton of sci-fi, but I read more, like, sci-fi and, and fantasy type of themes than you do. True. And I think that's why some of that stuff made more sense to me. And that's probably also why I found it really slow to start off with. Um. So, yeah, in terms of the title, that comes into play because there are very few live animals left on that Earth. That was the part I was most interested in. I figured you would be. Um... So any real animals, real pets, are like highly prized uh, collector's items, kind of. Just Signs like, of wealth. It's just like us in BB-8. We can't get a real animal, so I just talk to a robot all day. That's true. That's your kitty. Not all day. That makes me sound weird. I haven't actually <laughs> turned him on in a while. But. Um, 
So I would take an electric cat. Do you think our landlords would let us get an electric cat? Probably. So Rick and his wife had a real sheep. Um, they claim at some point, but it died. And there's some shady companies that will take your dead animal and replace it with an android animal mm -hmm. that looks kind of like your animal, so you can keep fooling your neighbors and make them think that it's all a status symbol, a class yeah. issue, like class. Right, and there's status. an important book that tells you how much your beanie baby slash pet Cities. is worth. Yep. So there's that whole kind of um, system in play. But yeah, Rick, his duty is to off these androids. And his... They're basically escaped slaves. Yeah. And the head bounty hunter becomes incapacitated. Dead. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Yeah, I think you're right. Because they keep saying, oh, he's not available. Nope, you can't yeah. go talk to him. I think he's dead. Right, right, right. Um, so we think... The reader thinks that one of the androids got to him, lost in a lost in a in a battle to one of them. Um, so there's like four or five at the beginning that Deckard's supposed to get in order to get his bonus, and then he'll be able to afford what does he want? Not a sheep, but he wants something else. An ostrich. Yeah. Um. And so he goes about kind of tracking down each of these androids, and one of the really interesting parts is that they're all trying to blend in. To human civilization. Most of them. Yeah. Like, are just trying to live normal human lives. Yeah. Um, the interesting part is when he gives the, um, not Turing, but Turing test. Oh, yeah. This was after the Turing test was invented. Like, he yeah. ripped that off, right? Um, when he gives the Turing test to someone who thinks that they're a person, but finds out she's not a person. Right. And then, like just has a psychotic breakdown and that leads to a lot of events in the later in the book including the murder of a real animal. Right, because he's obviously not allowed to go around killing anyone who he thinks might be an android. Uh, and I guess that the androids are so kind of synthetically biological, biologically true that you can't like cut into their arm and see computer chips? Is that what you gathered? Um, yeah, I think so because they kept saying they had to do a bone marrow analysis. Yeah. Except that their cells can't regenerate so they only live like three or four years. Right. But yeah, the most accurate thing is this Turing test equivalent where they have to measure their empathy and um, that determines whether or not they're synthetic or not. And specifically, one of the big um, themes is, or one of the big uh, points is that their empathy towards animals, mm -hmm. um, because that's one of the big things is that it's, because there's so few animals, it's kind of this moral right that human beings need to be like stewards and take care of the animals. Um, but androids don't have that feeling. And there's the question of, do people grow up with that feeling because they're taught that? Or is it something that they like intrinsically have empathy for other living creatures. Mm -hmm. But then it brings up some questions about, well, can you have empathy towards androids if they're not alive? Which I thought was the one of the more interesting questions. Yep. And then there was the question of, could an android love an animal? Mm -hmm. um, so I was more interested in some of those kind of questions that it brought up. And a little bit less interested in some of the human condition right. uh, things, as you would say. So then you have the whole other second kind of alternating plot line, which is about, his name is what, Isidori. John Isidori. Um, and he is coined a chicken head, which means he's one of the people left on Earth to do like some menial jobs, but he does not have a high enough IQ to be... And he can't reproduce. He's right. infertile. Yep. 
Um, so you see his perspective from his abandoned apartment building, and he quite quickly um, comes into contact with some shady individuals who, it's no surprise, turn out to be androids. some of the escaped androids. That part was creepy in Blade Runner. Yep. When they show up at the apartment. In the creepy apartment with the circus dolls and stuff. Yeah. That's the part I want to rewatch. Um, um, and there's the part about like the entertainment industry, the the TV and the radio that he watches. Yeah, obviously, th this. Oh my god! I just realized what. I've been right all along. Mm -hmm. That Ryan Seacrest is a robot. I yes! knew I knew where you were going with this. Yes. <laughs> I can see like it in your Buster. eyes. I can see it it's in your eyes. It's just like Buster. He's a robot. Yeah, twenty three hours a day. He's a robot. Radio and TV. He's on. 16 different top 40 shows at the same time on Sunday mornings. Yeah. And robot. are we just chicken heads staring at our phones for all that time? He's a robot. I was right. Um, we already, we missed the whole religion subplot. I was going to say, the mercerism Don't care is, is, I think, one of the more fascinating parts. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Ugh, that was my least favorite part. I just want to skip over all of it. Just the Especially because I already knew the twist. You did? I don't know how. That it wasn't that they was gonna be proven that it wasn't real, or was it? Yeah, proven? you're still connecting to other people, so who cares if the source isn't true or not? I thought the only, not the only, that one of the more interesting bits of the Mercerism was the uh, kind of magic bits of like, is he actually a real deity? Mm -hmm. Because like he does actually make appearances and connect with people. And it's like, are these people just having some sort of hallucinations to help save them? Mm -hmm. Or because they're on drugs? Or because the radioactive dust is giving them these hallucinations of what their brain wants them to see? Mm -hmm. Or, like, is is Mercer actually a real deity? That part reminded me a lot of some, uh, some Vonnegut, uh, Cat's Cradle. Look at that. Player piano. The you whole said, thing yeah. reminded me of player piano because yep. this main dude True. is like the guy from player piano with the wife he doesn't love. Yep. And like the dystopian society. You're right. There's a lot of and... parallel, a lot of parallels. Yeah. A lot of parallels to player piano. Um the other one it reminded me of was Flowers for Algernon. Uh-huh. With the dumb guy. Yeah. Like that character, his kind of sections reminded me a lot of Flowers for Algernon because he like Gets a job. He like doesn't the Flowers for Algernon guy start at like a doing menial work and the people there are mean to him and stuff. I think so. And that's exactly that. Like there's some similar scenes in here mm -hmm. where like they kind of force him to do things that they know he can't do just to like make fun of him for not being able to do them. Like with the yeah. phone call. Yeah. Some of the parts that struck me the most were that there was a real cat that he thought was a robot. Mm -hmm. That was like um the John Steinbeck one. Where he kills the mouse that was his best friend. Yeah. It's called... Um, of Mice and Men? Yeah, that one. That's not it. Of Mice and Men, yeah. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Are you sure? Yes, and then he has to kill Lenny. That's Of Mice and Men? Yeah. What's the best of times and worst of times? Charles Dickens. What's that one? Tale of Two Cities. You hate Charles Dickens. Got him confused. Yeah. Um, Five-O, an American tale. Um... Somewhere also, one of the worst parts I've read in any book, aside, <laughs> I was on Fresh Off the Boat that we watched recently. I yeah. didn't know what it was from. Um, 
We should watch that sometime. Fireballs? Um, one of the worst parts I've read in any book of fiction, aside from the kite runner butt rape scene that I'll never be over, mm-hmm. was the cutting off the legs of the spider. Huh? When does that happen? When he... Oh my god, I can't believe this. Like, I don't even like spiders, and this really scarred me. Like, I almost had to put the book down, I couldn't even keep reading it. He he goes back when they're waiting for um from for Harrison Ford to come kill them. Oh, they're holding up in the apartment. They're yeah. holding up the apartment, and he finds a spider and brings it inside. They're like, "Why does it have so many legs?" And they yeah. start cutting its legs off while it's alive to see if it still runs around. Yeah. And then they like light a fire next to it to make it run on three legs just to see if it can. Mm-hmm. It's like a metaphor, right? No, it's cruel. Mm-hmm. It's animal cruelty. I really, 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 really didn't like that part. It was very disturbing to me. Mm. On like a really So deep you're clearly level. not an android then. You had empathy. For a fucking spider. I hate spiders. Alright, I'm glad I'm married to a real person. You know I have too much empathy. I cry at a lot of things. Mm. Um the part that hooked me at this book in this book was when all the stuff about whether the police station is the right police station, like that's when I got really intrigued. I kind of glazed over that. I got real confused about that. Mm. And I was like, is this a Matrix scenario? Yeah. Is he actually a robot? Well. Do you think he's an android? That's the last question. Is he an android? Um. He Because he doesn't actually seem like he has that much empathy for animals. He seems more just to want them as a status symbol and yeah. to make his wife happy. He has empathy for other androids, but there was a question he presented was, do androids have empathy for other androids if they want to help keep them alive? Well, he fought, he... He bangs on an android. No, but do androids have, have empathy for other androids? Mm-hmm. But were those all just planted? Me- were all, those all just planted memories? They could have been. What happens at the very end with the toad? Is he Mercer? I don't know. Hmm. He got a rock thrown at him. Yeah, that's the part I didn't understand that made me think Mercer's and was real. That in the empathy box they actually got cuts. Correct. That doesn't. Also, that was weird. And I really related with the wife, who was like, I'm not going to go put my mood machine on. I'm just going to sit here and be depressed. You didn't like the mood machine? You wouldn't use one if you had one? No. Hmm. It really upset me. Yeah. Like, I just think that that's so unhealthy to never experience your actual moods or what your body's trying to tell you. Yeah. Like, it cannot be healthy to just, like, that's basically just taking all sorts of weird different pills to mess mm-hmm. with your... A like, different cocktail like, for any feeling you want. Like, if you continuously are making your body feel fake happy, then it's not going to be able to produce real happy um, endorphins anymore. Well, it seems like this book made you think a lot. Feel. Um, Just 170 pages. I, it was slow. Here's some of the things I had wrong with it. Okay. It is very beautiful writing for like a four page short story where I can Mm. appreciate it. Mm -hmm. It was a little too thick of writing style to match with the storyline for 200 pages like Mm. i had a really hard time getting into it and it was really slow to read for me and i found myself i'm sorry to say it like skimming over some parts towards the later part of it because i was just like i just want to see what happens in this book and like i just can't sit here for a paragraph while he describes something again. So, okay, you can reread it another time and take no. it take it slow. Um, I also think that there was too much subplot. I thought that, like, the Mercerism and the um, animals mm-hmm. 
kind of... He had one too many good ideas to explore, maybe. Yeah. Like, I almost wish one of them had been, like, a related novella. Yep. I see that. Instead of having it be all trying to shove into one, because yeah. it the main plot was not even really the main plot. The plot was just, like, in thirds. There wasn't really, like, a main plot. Right. That being said, what they ruined about the movie was not including the electric animals or the mercerism and yeah. trying to make it just a gritty bounty hunter story because that, so was, the, gritty. that was the least so interesting story. Oh, absolutely. Also, you're going to be mad I say this. He's a little bit of like a manic pixie dream boy. Or like In a, terms of the, like yeah. a, a Mary, Gary Sue. Yeah. Like, they were just like, meh, you might not be that great at this. And then he just like goes out and doesn't even have to try. And just like, I know you're a robot. Bam, just kills him. Yeah. And somehow overnight turns into the best bounty hunter ever. Yeah. It was a little bit Ferryman's. Mm-hmm. Where he's just like great at something for no reason. But he's a dude, so it's okay. Makes yeah, sense. that's why it bothered yeah. me a little bit. Was okay. it's like... 1969. It's like, all right, well, they literally just said we've never trusted you with your own case ever before. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm the greatest bounty hunter has ever lived. Because he, like, yeah. he like bags six androids in one night. Mm-hmm. Also, he should have definitely killed the girl. Yeah. For sure. Take the cash. And, like, just get rid of your wife. He didn't really seem that attached to her. Mm-mm. That's why the player piano, didn't they get, like, assigned wives in player piano or something? Wasn't there, like, a weird subplot about that? I forget. Um, and maybe we want to read some Vonnegut. Today someone at school said they didn't know what Kurt Vonnegut was. Like what a Kurt adult. Vonnegut was? Like an adult. Hmm. Um, so it reminded me of Kurt Vonnegut, a yep. more sci-fi-y Kurt Vonnegut. hmm And it did make me think a lot. I did not super enjoy reading it. I enjoyed some of the ideas that it made me think of. hmm I think I would have enjoyed reading it, like, in a college course. Where you could kind of talk about the themes and, like, write an essay about it. Like, for pleasure. Didn't quite it hit wasn't your spot. Like, no, it wasn't, like, my most enjoyable Sunday morning I've ever had. Yeah. And I know part of that is because I was feeling some pressure to power through it. Because I don't read a lot during the week anymore with school. And I knew that we wanted to do it for the podcast and I didn't want to let you down. So I powered through it a little you bit. You did it. You're a champ. Um, You're the Mookie bets of writing. <laughs> but. Reading. I gave books to homeless people. <laughs> But, yeah, I I don't think it's going to be a favorite of mine to, like, go back and reread for fun. Mm-hmm. But you I'm, can glad respect that, it. I'm glad that I read it. Yeah. I respect it. I respect a lot of the themes in it. It mostly made me want to go read some more Kurt Vonnegut, I think, because I keep saying I'm going to read more of him, and I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. I find him a little bit more readable. Yeah, I see that. Because um, it's a little bit... I think his, his is a little bit more witty, a la, like, Joseph Heller, Catch-22 kind of thing. Have you read that? Yes. Oh, I haven't. It's been on my bookshelf for two decades, though. I've read it. When? I don't know. A couple years ago. Okay. Do you want me to go into it with you right now? I believe you. No, you don't. Not really, no. You read my copy or you read a different copy? Your copy. You did? I think. In what country? What state? Maybe I had a copy in Australia and I wanted to read it. No. Mm -hmm. I definitely 100% read it. Alright. I think, like... Kurt Vonnegut is like yeah. In, book digits will be the source of truth. I think Kurt Vonnegut is like the happy medium in between. This guy. Yep. What's his name? Philip Dick. Philip K. Dick and Joseph Heller, because yep. Catch Twenty Two was like so witty that you were just like couldn't catch your breath because mm-hmm. it was just like wit after wit after wit. Like I probably won't like it. Probably not. But 
I found this book a little bit too flowery and too mm-hmm. many subplots. Like, the writing was gorgeous. But like I said, it just, like, was a little bit too much and, like, made it drag a little bit for me mm-hmm. for, like, all that many pages. And it once I got, like, maybe halfway through... You read it. Once I got maybe, like, halfway through... I I didn't want to put it down for real. Good. Like I got into it once it got going, but it took me a little while to get into it. And there were definitely some parts that I skimmed because I was like, "Oh my god, just tell me what happens next." Stop describing all of his inner monologues and yeah. the empathy and the tests and all of that. You read it in twenty thirteen. Told you. There you go. Well, I appreciate you reading it. Catch twenty two. No, this book. Oh, are you upset that I didn't love it? No, I'm quite happy with your reaction to it. I think. You thought I would have given it, like, an F and didn't finish kind of thing? But I, I was going to force you to finish. It's not that long, as I've been saying. I finished it. You did great. I did it in one sitting, just for you. Good. I think I would have enjoyed it more if I read it. It needs to be, yeah. It needs to percolate. It needs yeah. to ferment. I think I should have what I, in, like, hindsight, would have should have done is, like, read, like, a YA book mm-hmm. as my, like, fun book to read. And then just read a couple chapters of that and kind of, yeah. like, let it sit a little bit more. Yeah. So my recommendation, if you're going to pick it up and you're, like, unsure if you should read it or not, um, I would read a couple chapters. I would not try and read it all in one sitting. I'd read a, a couple chapter chapters. A day, maybe, even. A little bit more than that. There's yeah. 22 chapters. You told okay. me there's only, like, 13. Sorry. It's 22 chapters. So I would read, like, a couple chapters and yeah. then kind of let it sit and then the next day go back and read a couple more. A week or two, though, yeah. Um, And, like, spread it out a little bit more. And, like, once you get about halfway through, you'll want to keep reading, whereas in the beginning you're a little bit like, mm. But I think it's worth reading. I think it brings up some cool themes. And if you've ever seen Blade Runner, you deserve to read this book because this Ooh. book was so much more interesting. Yeah. And had so many other thought-provoking themes other than just, um, Harrison Ford, here's a bad voiceover. We're in Tokyo, but we're not. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for that riveting discussion. What are we talking about next? Oh, we gotta do upcoming stuff, too? Real quick. Shit. Lighting around, as usual. I only have one. Okay. I made you just watch this weird trailer just now. Oh, gosh. Bird Box, a Netflix movie with Sandra Bullock. Yikes. Oh, it looks like The Quiet Place, but, like, creepier and less sensical. Yep. Um, I'm intrigued, but I'm not going to see it. It looks too scary for me. Yeah, Quiet don't, Place was scary enough. Don't go in boats with blindfolds on. And something about a bike bell? Yeah. Um, watch the trailer, but not at night when it's dark by yourself. Um, another Netflix one, I think. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. Amazon. Mrs. Maisel. Yep. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel You said you were two. never going to watch it again. I might. Uh, remember how annoying they were at the Emmys. I know. Remember. But it's such a good show. That's another show that like has this really unique um like aesthetic to it. Yeah. And this really unique vibe to it that makes it feel like it's like a stage show or something, kinda mm-hmm. like how zombies feels like. Yeah. Like the, it has that feeling. Um but it comes out December fifth and I have to delete my um prime trial membership. We'll hack it, don't worry. <sighs> okay. Um, on the basis of sex with Felicity Jones as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay. Have you seen the I did see a for trailer, that one? Yeah. I thought it looked pretty interesting. I okay. would see it. I don't really know much about the Notorious RBG, mm-hmm. but it looked like an interesting trailer. And Fel- Felicity Jones is a pretty good actress. Um, what else you got? And Sabrina. We don't have time to get into it. I've heard some a lot of mixed things about the new Chilling Adventures of Sabrina thing yeah. on Netflix. Um, I've heard some people be like, yeah, it's great. Like, some people I know in real life have been like, yeah, it's it's really good. It's, like, you know, worth watching, blah, 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 blah. It's 
addicting. And then I've heard, I've read some critiques on the internet about how poorly it handles its, its, um, people of color, actors of color or characters of color, I should say. Um, that like the villain is a black witch who basically is like, she's like into dark magic and voodoo and stuff. And like supposedly, uh, (laughs) supposedly, Spoilers here, supposedly, like, it ends with Sabrina heroically lynching the Black Witch. Huh. And somehow that's seen as okay. I think that's taken out of context. It is a little bit, but basically there's, like, a hazing ritual, and, like, the Black Witch is, like, the leader of the little sorority type thing at Mm. at the magic school, and as part of the hazing ritual, all the, um, inductees or whatever are supposed to hang from like a noose just like the witches who like were put on trial Mm -hmm. did so sabrina does some sort of weird spell that flips it around so she's like stands there like ha i got you while the black woman is hung from a tree huh so not that out of context got it um and just like a lot of the things i was reading about just like really tone deaf ways of handling handling it and that like it's very like white savior, white feminist kind of show. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense because most people that I've heard saying it's awesome are, are white. So uh, in this day and age, you would think, you would hope that people would be more sensitive to race dynamics or at least have a um, cultural sensitivity kind of uh, consultant or something yeah. so that this doesn't happen. Okay. So I was a little bit interested in watching it if we ever get Netflix back, and now I'm not. <gasps> the other one that all my kids at school literally every day keep asking me about is Seven Deadly Sins. It's an anime on Netflix, apparently, Mm-mm. and they're all just obsessed with it. Hmm. So I need to watch that sometime just to keep up with the kids. Okay. What was yours? Uh, the Irwins? You missed it? <gasps> I did see it. They're, they they're getting an Animal Planet show. Yeah. Crikey, and, it's the Irwins. And Robert is training to be a crocodile wrangler. I do not approve. Why? He's the one that was dangled as a baby. Yeah, I don't I don't want him anywhere near those crocodiles. But crocodiles aren't what killed his daddy. I know, but scary. I don't he doesn't need to be going out to do those shows. He just just be on his scooter, being cute. I know, he was so cute on his scooter. Go on Jimmy Fallon, just stay on just take over for Jimmy Fallon. Yes. Have his own talk show where he has animals. Like, um, Jack Hanna. Jack Hanna's probably dead by now, right? Oh, that's cruel. Ask Siri that. Is Jack Hanna dead? Mm-hmm. Jack Hanna was born the 2nd of January 1947 and is 71 years old. Years alive. 71 years old. Good for him. Um, Pass the baton. Okay, so he Jack. can retire. Yeah. And I want Robert to be the new Jack Hanna. Fair enough. Um, Lady Gang. And Busy Phillips shows both come out on E. Too bad we don't have TVR anymore. What are these things anymore. that you're saying? The Lady Gang. They're getting a TV show? Yeah. What's going to happen on it? It's just going to be their podcast live, probably. Oh, Lord. And it's like an interview-style show, but there's okay. three of them. And Busy Phillips is getting her own TV show because she's so popular on Instagram. Cool. But we don't have DVR anymore, so I can't watch either of them. No. This has been a very long podcast, and it's a school night. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Oh, we didn't even talk about our Halloween costumes. That's our best news of all. I will post the pictures of our Halloween costumes. Let's make it a fun game that nobody mm-hmm. will play. Okay. Guess what our Halloween costumes are. Here are three hints. Yeah. It is a movie from 2006. The 2000s. 
It's a movie from the 2000s. Yeah. Um, not well-reviewed movie from the 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's pretty um, safe to say. It involves mostly spandex and yeah. wigs. For us in the 2007, costume, yeah. I was close. Yeah. Spandex and wigs. Yeah. And um, we are... It, it's a male-male pairs costume. Yep. You're going to be gender fluid. You are. No, you're a woman. You're dressing up as a man. Oh, yes. I'm dressing up as a feminine man. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> have a guess. Yeah. We're going to... Of what our costumes yeah. are, and we will post a picture We're going to wear it. one costume and one costume only. <laughs> Except I'm wearing two costumes. I have one for school, because this one is not appropriate for school. No. All right. Happy Halloween. Have a spooky... See ya. Halloween. Eat some candy. Bye. Bye. We gotta get down when they get down. Well now, get down, get down, er, get down, whoa, whoa, get down, er, get down, whoa, whoa. Maybe we can talk our neighbors into doing the same thing. Get down, get down, get down, get down. Get down.